Silence is your natural state. When you are real, you are silent. When you are silent internally, you are real. The chatter is simply fear of the real. Because the real means the death of the unreal. In Indian philosophy, they speak about avidya. In the West, they speak about sin. Sin means to miss the mark. It actually comes from the same Eastern philosophical viewpoint expressed in the Bhagavad Gita by the great archer. The word archery, in fact, comes from his name, Archana. Arjuna, whose bow and arrow was aimed at the self. And that metaphor of the aim being exact to focus upon the self and hit the bull's eye, the bull of Shiva, Nandi, to hit that and remain focused on the zero point, the Shiva, the zero point that is the source of consciousness. This is the aim and object of yoga. And the zero point is the portal to infinity. It will pull you out of the finite, illusory self into the infinite, spacious, eternal self. Avidya means ignorance, but it should actually be translated as ignorancing because it is an act, it's not simply a state. And I would define it as the ignoring of the fact that you are ignoring. And what are you ignoring? is the fact that you are aware of your body and know that you are not your body and yet you pretend to be your body. You are aware of the mind, of the thoughts, the chatter, the affects and you know you are not the mind but you pretend to be the mind and remain enmeshed in its melodramas you are ignoring the fact that you are simply the witness to all of that. And by ignoring that fact, you are able to identify with the illusion that you are a bodily being. When in fact, if you stop ignoring the truth, will dawn upon you that you are formless presence. 
You have nothing to do with the body nor with the mind. That is an illusion that comes of identification. In the same way as if you watch a film and you're identified with the character, you will feel you are that character. And when that character gets into danger, your heart will beat faster. And when that character is in some other emotional situations, you'll feel those emotions. And in fact, drama was created by the ancient Greeks in order to bring about that very kind of identification with a character who would go through a process of realization, of death and rebirth through the realization of the tragic flaw, which was always an identification with a false self, with false goals, with false intentions. That realization would bring about a catharsis or a purification of one's own soul that would die along with the death of the character you were identified with. This was the whole point of Greek theater. The tragic hero would die, and that in you which was tragic, which was false, which was flawed, would die along with the character. And you would be freed, at least temporarily, of the burden of that identity. But in meditation, we are to have a permanent catharsis through the realization that what we thought we were, we are not and never were, and we allow it voluntarily to die. We die to it. Even though the mind may seem to continue and the body will function, in fact, it will function much better, but... It will function without your belief that you are it. And then all that the body senses, free of mental chatter, labeling everything according to internal ego fantasies, will appear as a dream within an infinite mind, an infinite space of pure awareness. And because the space of awareness is where the intelligence and the power lies, the dream will become unimportant. You will have been awakened from it and will now abide as a lucid dreamer whose concern <coughs> is no longer with the dream but with the dreamer, with the intelligence that has the power to alter the dream once you are freed from believing you are a character in the dream. The power to redream this world, which physics has now shown to be a hologramic, holographic simulation, is in fact programmable by that infinite intelligence that realizes itself as not in the dream, not of the dream, but beyond the dream. 
and whose identity is not with any particular local space or object or being, but with the entirety, with the whole and recognizes that every being in the dream is a manifestation of yourself. There is no other. There is one intelligence, one superintelligence, operating every body, not just human bodies, but every body, every form, every energy, every field, with a single whole loving, benign intelligence. And it is when all the barriers between what you thought you were and what you really are fall away. And that therefore all the barriers between you and every other fall away. That there are no longer any conflicts And since conflicts make up most of what you are thinking about, all of that thought falls away. And because desire makes up the rest of it, and there is no need to desire what you already are, because there is no lack and there is no otherness, that falls away. And because there is no identification with the body, none of the bodily-based impulses remain. They fall away as well. And thus, there is peace. And thus there is nothing to gain and nothing to lose. There is no death. There is no birth. There is no real multiplicity, but a unified field of apparent beings whose harmonious interbeing creates an excess, an overflow of joy, of wisdom, of beauty, of love, which is the reason for this universe's appearance, to reflect that infinite sat-chit-ananda, that infinite being, infinite intelligence, infinite blissful love. But that blissful power of transforming the dream is cut off when we ignore that we are ignoring our real self and pretend that we are bodily beings in conflictive pseudo-relationships with others. And we come from lack rather than fullness. And from envy and hate and fear rather than love. And so the entire psychology of the 
organism and the behavior and the thought patterns and the feelings shifts completely once we remember who we are. And in that remembering the flow of the energy of that supreme power moves through us, is transmitted, pervades, encompasses, and recognizes itself as all that is. And the individual body is only one node in that miraculous superorganismic self that no longer is concerned about its own life or death. Because the perishable, impermanent body no longer has any trace of identification as the self any longer. The self is that pure, formless, eternal, silent presence that is dreaming all of this into being and transforming it at every moment, but is not in it and is not affected by it. And all we have to do is stop ignoring that we are ignoring what we know already and have always known. And that reveals to us its true essence simply through our surrender to the silent presence behind the mind. In that silent presence, time itself reveals itself as illusory. And one enters a depth dimension of reality in which the world of three, four dimensions, including time, is recognized as a kind of flatland and is recognized as entirely here all at once from a timeless dimension that sees past and future and present all as a single whole. And every moment is both the first moment of time and it is also the result of all the past time moving through it in its momentum of the sanskaras of the collective consciousness of desire and fear toward its own ultimate destination to the refinding of itself, of its own beginning. Even though it is beginningless and eternal, there is a point we can call the omega point, as did Teilhard de Chardin, but it is also the alpha point. And as the forgetfulness of the humans reaches that ultimate level of forgetting even our humanness, let alone our divine nature, 
we enter into an animalistic, savage kind of collapsing civilization that cannot be sustained. And it is at that point of the ultimate contraction of our consciousness away from spirit, away from goodness, away from love, that in that very moment, the counterpole of the evil nature of the materialistic consciousness that has forgotten its true nature is encompassed and redeemed from its hell realm and brought back to create a new beginning out of love. And that which in our own consciousness is in such a state of contraction, of fear, of desire, of profanity, of hatred, envy, despair, can be by that in you which is healthy, surrendered back to God for its energies to be unbound and released and for the soul to be saved from its own forgetfulness that has led to its organizing itself into a black hole of lack and can again burst out with all of the creative intelligence and joy and beauty that are now latent within most of us, veiled by fear, by desire, by fury, and by all of the other egoic affects that must be held in check or, if released, produce mass destruction. We are on the edge of that moment where the destiny of our planet is held in the balance. It is this moment that was precognized by every religion. In one, it's called the apocalypse. In another, it's called Mahashivaratri. That Ratri, that night of history in which the world has been covered with darkness, the darkness of the loss of our true divine consciousness, in which the return of that immortal light into the field of darkness and despair shifts everything forever. That night is celebrated every year by Hindus, but it comes only once in an entire cycle of time for real. It is because we are approaching that moment in the real that it is worthwhile to celebrate it now, not as a holiday, but as the holy day of our own self-redemption.
And by making it real for ourselves, we make it real for all. But it must be absolutely real. with no possibility of return to the illusion, to the darkness, to the ignorancing. But complete abidance in the supreme silent presence of the one self. So let us meditate again and learn to abide as the silent presence.